0: Riviera Radio Business News.
1: Morning, Hank.
0: Good morning. Nice ha- to be back with you.
1: Lovely to have you back. Felt a bit like Billy No-Mates. How have you been?
0: I've been very well, actually. I had a couple of weeks working in South Africa, which is really fantastic. I mean, I love South Africa. Everyone who knows me knows that Cape Town is probably my favourite place in the world. So it was nice to be back there after, what, five, five and a half years. So it was a real pleasure there. And of course, the hustle and bustle of uh, of Johannesburg and Durban as well, which was good. And then I had a half term off with the children in Switzerland. So it's been a, it's been a really great couple of weeks, but uh, nice to get back to the UK and uh, watch all the political Massinations play out and get back to some familiar topics.
1: Yeah, it's certainly all kicking off. What is the reaction uh, to
0: Boris Johnson Well, I guess after trying to escape from the scandal of party Gate for months, there was always going to be a vote of no confidence at some point in terms of his leadership for the Conservative Party. That played out as we saw last night. The result, as many of us know now, at the 359 Tory MPs, 211 sided with the current Prime Minister, while 148 expressed their discontent. I think that's probably a higher number than was anticipated. So Boris Johnson, of course, will remain in place for now, but with only uh, 50... 59% 59% of his party supporting him. You could argue in some ways he's in a worse position than Theresa May in 2018 with 63%. John Major, of course, back in 1995 was 66%. So, albeit narrow, this is certainly a win for Boris Johnson, who according to the current rules can't face another no-confidence vote for another 12 months. Yet his leadership certainly appears weakened and for the months ahead are likely to prove somewhat challenging, one would suspect.
1: And how are the markets reacting to it?
0: Well, if you look at the news, actually, it's not really triggered any significant moves in markets. Sterling was initially higher on news of the vote, then edged back down to its previous position. I guess in this context, the person in charge matters a lot less than the policies being implemented. On that front, there's no indication that change is coming imminently, but a consequence of Johnson's uncomfortably narrow victory could be, I guess, a looser fiscal policy ahead. If true, the implications, I guess, will depend on what's been being announced, but all else being equal, more government spending could lead to more inflation and therefore more rate hikes. So markets will be watching developments, I think, very carefully indeed, to see if we get a change in terms of policy and what that could mean in terms of the inflation projections and indeed what pressure that will put on the Bank of England in terms of that hiking cycle.
1: Well, Rob, as he probably would have said, he'd be out by this evening, wouldn't he? He was always waiting to predict where he, he'd be going.
0: <laughs> I know, he'll be absolutely furious that vote didn't go his way for, uh, for, for, for month upon month. Our, our, our friend uh, was talking about the demise of Boris Johnson and uh, probably... At this point, a little bit closer than, uh, than he has been before, but uh, narrowly escaped and lives to fight another day. No doubt he'll come out swinging over the course of the next few weeks and months.
1: Now, the markets are slightly up, reopening of China.
0: Yeah, investors starting to take a more positive view of the outlook for economic activity and go global supply chains after Chinese officials stated there had been a curtailing of COVID outbreaks in Shanghai and Beijing. The number of infections across the country has been trending lower. Actually, there's no province reporting more than 20 cases a day on average over the course of the past week. This has allowed authorities to end a pretty strict two months of lockdown. They're allowing restaurants, parks and entertainment venues to reopen they will allow the resumption of public transport and actually if you look at the Uh, 50 largest cities in China by economic size. None have widespread restrictions in place and that's good news in terms of, I guess, its economic projections given the fact that its pursuit of zero COVID strategy has come at significant economic costs, including, of course, a slump in retail sales, rising unemployment. It's also been putting pressure on industrial output as well. Accompanying that reopening trade actually beaten down Asian stocks have been getting a boost from the fact that Chinese policymakers have been making good on their promises to support the economy and specifically the ailing housing market, as well as a pledge to conclude the regulatory crackdown that's been playing out in terms of technology sector. So that played out actually across global markets yesterday. Asian shares were stronger. Stock 600 in Europe rose nine-tenths of 1%. Hopes of a revival in demand for commodities from China helped that sector. We also saw technology and automakers advancing. Although gains were capped, and investors await the European Central Bank's decision on Thursday. Though rates are set to be kept on hold, the expectation is that the central bank will reduce its growth forecast, will ramp up its inflation projection, but also set out a path which will see uh, rates turn positive by the end of the year. Over on Wall Street, the S and P 500 rose three tenths one percent, but we are looking at a weaker start on the European bourses this morning. Kind of calling footsie down thirty nine points. Dax over in Frankfurt down fourteen points. Cat running in Paris off fifty four points.
1: Now we were talking about this before you left, and we're still talking about it. Elon Musk and Twitter. What's the deal? What's going on here?
0: We may be talking about it for some time to come. Elon Musk, perhaps getting a little bit of cold feet, one could argue, has said that Twitter is uh, breaching their merger agreement by not meeting his demand for information about spam and fake accounts. Shares in the social media platform were down as much as 5% yesterday. Last month, Musk said he wouldn't proceed with his $44 billion takeover unless they can prove... Bots make up fewer than 5% of its users. Musk has estimated that fake accounts make up at least 20% of all users. Twitter's board has said it plans to enforce that $54.20 offer. Markets, you have to say, are somewhat skeptical about their shares trading yesterday around $38 proposal to remind you does include a billion dollar breakup fee also a provision apparently can force must to complete so this one could eventually be resolved in the courts but still a long way to go and the foreign exchanges Hank against the dollar resting back at 124 and a half this morning euro dollar coming in at 106 and a half going to get 1 euro 16 and a half cents for your british pound this morning
1: and you did get you get back to uk in time to celebrate the queen's
0: platinum jubilee at the weekend Did you do anything over the weekend? Uh, I did get back on Sunday evening. There was some bunting still around. There was some Victoria sponge cake uh, still being offered. So I I had a small slice of that and and, uh, rejoiced in her Majesty's and and a beautiful reign over the course of the past 70 years. And I think, you know, it was a great advertisement. You know what the royal family do really wonderfully is advertise the UK. All that... Pomp and pageantry and the ceremony of the UK, I think, plays out so well globally, and let's hope that encourages more visitors to uh, to come to the UK. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the Paddington Bear clip with the Queen and the in the? I did. I thought that was so wonderful. She's uh, she can do those soft moments really well. You go back to the Olympics in London and you, uh, with the parachute and the, and the James Bond clip, and Paddington was probably up there with that one as well. I thought it was a uh, really lovely in terms. Of bringing that together and uh, and a beautiful spectacle.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. They've already made, they've already put it into other words on social media this morning. They've got Paddington Bear sitting there, uh, you know, as in the film with the Queen opposite, and and the Queen says, uh, uh, "Would you know?" Paddington says, "Would you like a cup of tea?" And the Queen says, "No, I want you to form a government." <laughs> <laughs> so it's all up to Paddington
0: be careful Bear. careful with social media. They can uh, <laughs> manipulate things very easily these days.
1: Certainly can. Well, great to have you back, Hank. Uh, same time tomorrow.
0: Speak to you tomorrow. Take care. Hank Potts from Barclays.
1: Barclays Private Bank has been in Monaco for 100 years. Since we opened our doors here in 1922, we have enabled our clients to invest in tomorrow and to influence it, drawing on experience, insights, and ideas to help them create the world they want to make possible, and we're
0: only just getting started. 100 years in Monaco, 100 years young.